win and split a four-game series with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and we still don't believe that it happened or understand how. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX. Uh, this lady next to me is the Pinkstographer of, of PHNX, <laughs> uh, the one and only Danielle Cortez. Danielle, thank you for joining me again. Man, another D-backs win. Let's go, baby. Uh, this is our Sunday victory hat, by the way. This guy's getting busted out a lot this year, unlike last year where they could not win on Sundays at all. But of course, welcome on in to the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. We thank you guys so much for being here. We're very excited about this uh, this series and the way things went. All things considered, we're going to get to the numbers here in a little bit, but uh, the numbers don't look great. The numbers don't look great, and that's that's not what's important. What's important is the Arizona Diamondbacks managed to win two very close games in this series. Their bullpen were, was a huge part of them winning these games, and they somehow leave L.A. splitting the series two games to two. First time they haven't lost a series in L.A. since 2018 2018 it has been five years since the d-backs haven't lost a series in in la and you know what we were talking about the numbers i don't care you know the only thing i care about is a win we got two (laughs) wins two close games and like the bullpen man yeah where was this the last couple years i love it well the bullpen was very bad last couple of years as we know and the bullpen (laughs) was not bad in this game also uh, someone who was not bad in this game was Zach Davies. Uh, still a question mark, obviously, in the rotation. We'll talk about Madison Bumgardner's unfortunate night on Saturday here in a minute. But Zach Davies was pretty great on Sunday, to be honest. Uh, Davies pitched five innings, gave up four hits, one earned run, two walks, four strikeouts. The only earned run was a, sh- uh, a home run. Uh, from uh, was it Will Smith? Will Smith, who yep. has just been. Well, I don't even understand what's going on with Will Smith, but I will say this: the Diamondbacks did make the other guys beat them. Yeah. Really, when it came to this series, when you look at the numbers, you look at who did it to them, who put up big numbers. Uh, it, it, it was kind of an odd list of characters, and not exactly the Mookie Betts and the Freddie Freemans you would have expe- expected to be leading the way. Yeah, and you know what? You'll take that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman did not have a great series, yeah. and. Boy, you just hate to see it, right? No, you hate, just, to, you see hate it. to see it. Let's you go, man. Yeah, Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith took advantage of a really bad. What was it? I have it in my notes here. Took advantage of a one-one, like a, a one-one hanging changeup, and you know Zach Davies will be the first one to yeah. to admit that was a bad pitch, but that yeah. was the only mistake he made yeah. all game, and you will take that. The the biggest thing here was it really felt like. This was a close game where the Diamondbacks had to do everything right in order to keep it close, yeah. uh, inclo- including some of uh, manager Tori Lovello's calls, some of his bullpen calls. I yep. know we both clutched each other when uh, when they brought in Scott McGuff there in the ninth <laughs> inning after Andrew Chafin had been dealing. But the bullpen was solid. There is a uh, considerable amount of, uh, uh, especially in this game, of credit that needs to go towards the bullpen. Not only was Scott McGuff solid in the ninth inning and Andrew Chafin, but uh, I mean, the, the bullpen was kind of solid this entire game. Uh, when, when they brought in guys, I mean, uh, Miguel Castro was just absolutely filthy. Yeah, absolutely filthy. You kidding me coming in, throwing, throwing a 97 mile an hour sinker in there. And then that wicked, that wicked slider. We will take that. Yeah. No runs, no hits. Seven K says Michael McDermott. That is how the pen did today. So, uh, but again, there were a lot of little moments that that the Diamondbacks tried to make something happen. Some things didn't go right for them, like Cattell Marte getting thrown out uh, at a crucial play at home when you could argue that the Diamondbacks shouldn't have sent him uh, in, in such a big moment. But they did everything they could on the base path to continue putting pressure on the Dodgers. And inevitably, that was what the big that was what the big turning point was for them there uh, in the ninth inning. Uh, Corbin Carroll stole both uh, second and third base today. Will Smith was a- unable to make a thrill e- either time. Uh, Carroll stole uh, three bases. Three total, total bases on zero throws. Yeah. yeah. That's what speed will do to you, baby. Pretty fast. Pretty fast. Um, and, of course, Geraldo Perdomo maintained his risk king status <laughs> uh, with an RBI double that knocked Carroll in. And, of course, Carroll getting on base was another uh, key to this game. Uh, not only staying close, but being close there late. Uh, and I know we have other stuff to talk about in, in regards to Saturday night's game and, and the rest of the series, of course. But uh, they, uh, we have Jake McCarthy, who actually had uh, some information, some more on how this speed impacted this this particular game. 
It's you know it's it's a hard play even you know the other night with with Outman taking a, an extra base on me you know like I feel like speed applies some pressure there and uh, you know this series you know balls didn't seem to be dropping you know, uh, you know feet fly outs ground outs whatever so I figured that's a you know you do the percentages there I'm a pretty good bunter I've been working on that play this spring so uh, you know why not McCarthy used his speed there to get on base in a play that actually I, I mean that's one of those situations where it literally applied that pressure yeah. that caused the mistake that was made right I yeah. mean that was a pretty fairly routine ground ball just like we saw Corbin Carroll get yeah. on base with earlier in the season right where this just even a routine ground ball is not an easy out against this Diamondbacks team. yeah that's D-backs baseball right yeah put the pressure on the defense they won on a they won on a ninth inning two out drag bunt yeah that's D-backs baseball man yeah I mean, uh, Jake McCarthy didn't have a hit in this series, yeah. right? But still, yeah, ended Jesse, up playing a critical, critical role. Jesse ended up sending sending a tweet before that ninth inning. I can't, I can't find it. it's way back, way down there where it was Rojas, Tom, Thomas, and McCarthy were over twenty four at one point mm-hmm. in this series. And then what happened? Jake yeah. McCarthy just makes things happen. He is he is a baller, man. He's just every winning team needs a guy like Jake McCarthy, who's willing to do whatever it takes to get that win. Right. Yeah. And he just loved to see it. Like I, like what kind of man, what kind of mental fortitude does it take to drop down a bunt with two outs at Dodger stadium? Oh yeah. In the oh, ninth yeah. inning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in a, absolutely. Of a tie game. Oh, that, you just love to see and this. Again, there's plenty of calls that, uh, that, Tori Lavello made in this series that led to the two wins that they yeah. had. Like his manage his managing of these games was critical at times. And I mean, again, even when we talked about uh there in the ninth inning, we did not we were not big fans of the move to go yeah. away from Chafin. But and they worked. Yeah. Both the, both times. Um, yeah, hats um, off to Tori, man. Like, he, he knows what he's doing, I guess. I found Jesse's <laughs> tweet. Yeah, Jesse uh, tweeted Tori. out Josh Josh Rojas, Alec Thomas, and Jake McCarthy are 0 for 24 to start the season. And that was prior to uh, I believe that I don't know. Was that considered a hit? Let's see. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah, that was it a was hit. Was, yep, it was yep, a hit. Yep. So, uh, Jake Mac- Jake McCarthy picked a great time uh, to get that one down and lay down the perfect button. Uh, of course, Corbin Carroll, another big part of this win, like we talked about, and he continues to make things happen. Even honestly, even if he's not doing great at the uh, at the dish, he finds a way to get yeah. on base. He finds a way uh, to make things happen, and uh, I think we have more from Carroll in the clubhouse. Pretty sick. Yeah, I uh, I loved it, right? Like, you know, I don't think any of us are, are really feeling our best at the play right now, except maybe maybe Walk. Walk's feeling, probably feeling pretty good, but just, you know, to find a way to grit that one out, right? Like, that's just, that, that's who he is as a player, and it's, it's awesome to see. And he's not wrong. Christian Walker was outstanding in this season. In fact, we are giving Christian Walker our D-backs, PHNX D-backs, King Snake of the series, Christian Walker, uh, 429 batting average with the solo run in that thumping that they took against the Dodgers in game three, two RBI, but that's fine. The biggest thing here is that Christian Walker looks very good at the dish. He was able to, uh, he was able to get on base plenty. And uh, honestly, it's, it's could be, he could be a catalyst, right? They're hitting in the middle of the lineup with these other guys getting on base. It really doesn't matter how they get on base, whether it's with the bat or, taking walks, you know, whatever way that they can get on base. But, I mean, Christian Walker being there is pretty pretty key uh, and and doing a great job. Yeah, and, I mean, if you look at last season where Christian Walker was barreling up everything and it just happened to go right to defenders every single time. There was a, there was a stat being thrown around last year that he was the most – um, he was the most unlucky player in all of baseball. Yeah, um, yeah. And so now, you know, you're hoping that you see – you're hoping that you see that you see those balls that he's that he's just been scorching uh, drop. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, I 420 is pretty good, huh? That's not bad. Um, That's and not also, bad. don't look it. now, but uh, Geraldo Pernobon's also batting 400. So you'll take it, you know. Yeah, um, but most importantly, the most important thing of all, uh, no matter what happened in the series, the Arizona Diamondbacks are 500. Let's get up Mount 500, baby. <laughs> Throw the graphic up there. Let's go, David. Let's get up there. Oh, I missed this. Let's go. Get up to the top of there, Cazell. Oh, man. Yeah, this is uh, this is a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, Saturday night, not so fun. Right? Yeah. Right? Madison yeah, Bumgarner uh, was diagnosed, apparently, with arm fatigue after the game. And I guess that's what you call it. 
uh, after you give up five earned runs and four innings pitch. But uh, Super Chat from the Buck Stops That's here. Cool. Let's go. Uh, when's the Mad Bum vent, uh, Mad Bum vent session? <laughs> right now! Right now! What in the actual fuck, man? Like, come on. I mean, this is ridiculous, especially when you see how well that, like, opening day wasn't great, right? Yeah, opening no. day was not good, but Trace Thompson? Trace, you're gonna, you're... You're going to give up three home runs to Trace fucking Thompson, Chicago White Sox legend Trace Thompson? Are you kidding me? In one game, not over six games, not over a month, three home runs in one game. Oh, my God. It killed me so much. But here's the thing. Uh, they talked about this on the radio broadcast. Apparently, 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 Trace Thompson has the third highest OPS in all of baseball dating back to the end of last season, which that's impossible. There's no way that that's a fact. But apparently he just trails Aaron Judge and Mike Trout who uh, for an OPS. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. Trace Thompson. Yeah, Sean talking about arm fatigue. Arm fatigue in your first start your arm fatigue in your first start of the season is not what you want from your your five-year however many million dollar guy like oh my gosh you like you gotta be do we want to talk about how much he's making just this no. year do we want no to i don't I, I, really could, don't. I, I really don't i really right don't right here the information right here i don't want to talk about it you don't want me to talk about it either i mean there does come a point where Obviously, it's what everybody's been talking about. It's, you know, when it comes to Mad Bomb, it's not a new conversation. This just reinforces it. You come off of a, an offseason. You want, we're rooting for you. We're rooting for Mad Bomb. Yes, you know, like, right? that's it's the, not like we want the guy to fail. Uh, that's, that's the biggest, that's the weirdest part of this is it feels like we're, we're rooting against him. But um, we're not. We're not. We sincerely want Mad Bomb to be a part of this rotation and be a valuable part of this rotation, right? But four, four innings pitch, four hits, five earned runs, four walks, two strikeouts, one home run. And the biggest thing was he was throwing it like 88 miles per hour consistently. Yeah, yeah and that so. was all spring, too. It's not like this is a new... <sighs> A new thing. <laughs> Rub some Roman on it. Can we get Petey in here? Yeah, we need Petey in here. <laughs> because I can't. I can't do this. Because oh, boy. He said he said the bar. Yeah, boy, man. Really oh, did, boy. I mean, there's no Roman ad read today. But if there were, I would say that maybe, maybe, maybe Roman would help uh, strengthen his performance. Maybe he could last longer in there you know but uh yeah we're not gonna go down that route uh but Let, let's let's get yeah let, let's get the let's get dre in there as a as a starter well you know like the opener and then just have him go whole six and I then mean, have mad bum come in and yeah, yeah. throw one inning right <laughs> uh you don't want to sit like the the thing that's really frustrating to me is you have these young talented arms you have you have dre Jameson, you have brandon fat we got yeah, Ryan Nelson, and then you just got Madison Bumgarner, who's going up there throwing 88 miles an hour, walking guys, and and. Uh. Well, this has been this has been a storyline in baseball dating back to a point where I didn't even understand it as a kid watching baseball movies, right? The the incumbent veteran that obviously kind of gets given that 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 spot just because yeah. of what they've done in the yeah. past but not based on how they're playing now right yeah. and, and some that, you know some pitchers just age better than others i had not to cut you off but like no he's he, not that old he's yeah, not that he's old 33 years old merrill kelly is older than him <laughs> the, the, so the, stop the presses <laughs> on the madison bumgarner is over the hill like the, he's had a lengthy career because he's a very good pitcher but very good pitchers in baseball can have their league, their their career suddenly shortened He's not for that no much reason older at all, me. other than the fact that you're, you know, you're you're old. Uh, Michael says uh, Fott got roughed up today at Reno. But yeah, but who doesn't in but Reno? Reno? Everybody gets roughed up in Reno. It's fine. I gave up two home runs today in <laughs> Reno. I didn't even. I'm not even out there. Um, uh, veteran presence. Presence. I love that. Yeah. Veteran <laughs> presence. That's what it oh, is. Oh, right? man. Thank yeah. You, just Michael. some pitchers, you will get mad at Madison Bumgarner's career. It's not like he he was the Zach Granke cerebral pitcher, right? For so much no. of his career. No. And even most of his playoff runs, is like, all right, here's 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 97. Yeah. Hit it if you can. And most of the time they couldn't. And now yeah. once you don't have 97, you're kind of having to really relearn how to pitch. Yeah. So, yeah, but we can accentuate the positives because on the other side, Zach Davies that we didn't, I, I at least speaking personally, didn't have a lot of faith in going out yeah, there and closing yeah, the series strong know, yeah. today, did an outstanding job. And if the Diamondbacks get this kind of performance out of Zach Davies going forward, uh, at least four out of five 
of their uh, starting pitching, you know, pitchers right now could be potentially pretty dangerous. Yeah, you, you know? will take that. The D-backs, I was thinking, like, I was already so frustrated driving in. You have the one, the solo home run in the first, right? Like, oh, God, here we go again. You, the D-backs will go as far as their three, four, and five starters will take them. Whoever that may be throughout the season, you know, that always changes injuries, whatever. They will go as far as their their three, four, and five starters will take them. Yeah. Because, you know, Zach Gallon's going to be Zach Gallon. Merrill Kelly's going to be Merrill Kelly. So, you know, you love to, like, you, you love to see if, if, if Zach Davies is going to show up. He's going to be the Zach Davies that we expected last year. Then who knows? Who knows yeah. what's going to happen? I still can't get over Trace Thompson. Three home runs. Eight <laughs> RBI. Thompson. Eight RBI. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, and Will Smith was also a problem. So, I, again, the one thing I want to reiterate when it comes to this Diamondbacks uh, defense or, or the pitching staff, they took care of business against Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. They still got some hits, but they weren't the problem yeah. in this series yeah. for the Diamondbacks. It really was the other guys. Uh, Outman. Uh, surprisingly, the opposite of his name. Not not an easy out. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Uh, Miguel Rojas walked like eight times in this series, if I'm correct. Maybe even nine. I stopped counting after a while. Not because I like got bored, but just I refused to count <laughs> anymore. It was just so absurd after a while. So a lot of things to tighten up, but that's the positive here is that there was a lot of mistakes made. The offense really didn't show up in the series yeah. at all. And they still split the series. And they still split the series with the best team in baseball, essentially. Or what yeah, for the last for the last five years, the right? The, the Dodgers are the team to beat. And as yeah. much as we hate admitting that now, that's what they are. Yeah. And they did it on seven runs in the entire series. I know. So you know what? When this offense starts clicking, I think this was Jacob that was talking about this. Um, but when this offense starts to click, we watch gonna out. be a problem. Watch out, we gonna be a problem, we gonna baby. Be a problem. Um, but thank you guys uh, for being here right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the channel. That way, you don't miss me in this hat every Sunday. You don't miss all the other wonderful shows going on on this network. Sign up for notifications uh, and also leave us a thumbs up. There's 20 already, and that that's just the self affirmation that we need on on this day. But <laughs> we need it. We're fragile. Yeah, we need it. We're fragile. <laughs> egos love that stuff but uh, also if you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting app please subscribe if you haven't done so already and leave us a review we always love the feedback most importantly go over to gophnx.com and sign up uh, for a diehard membership not only do you get uh, access to all of our wonderful content including full count newsletter by jesse friedman you also get access uh, to discounts all sorts of wonderful discounts you get 20 percent off all future purchases at the phnxlocker.com as well as a free piece of merch every year you're a member. You also get discounts with our partners. M Mountain Mike's will just straight up give you a $50 gift card when you join. So, I mean, come on right there. There's your money's worth back on getting this uh, getting this membership. But you also get uh, merch only for members as well as access to our members-only Discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. So sign up today and join us over here. Become part of the family. Uh, it was so great to see so many of you guys out this weekend at the State Farm Stadium at the Bet MGM uh, watching the college basketball and, of course, we are looking forward to doing so many more events out there. Uh, and we are very excited to be partnering with our friends at BetMGM. Look, keep your eyes peeled very soon uh, for PHNX curated in-app bets. The defense lock is an inevitability. You have to, there has to be a defense lock, and it has to be the thing you bet on all the time. But if you haven't signed up yet for BetMGM, use code PHNX, and you will get a, up to $1,000 first free bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. It's this simple. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code PHNX. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your bet loses, make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up. And to kick off this partnership, we're doing a massive watch party this Saturday at 2 p.m. at the BetMGM Sportsbook. Oh, that was that thing that we did. Uh, see, sometimes I just read stuff. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, definitely make sure to check out the BetMGM app and uh, you know, like I said, keep keep your eyes peeled for that defen lock. Uh, and now, speaking of the defen lock, listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan.
He's good at that. Man. He's good at that. You know, it's funny because you think it's pre-recorded, but he's just doing he's in the other room doing it live. <laughs> uh, every every time. Uh, I am thinking ahead to WrestleMania night two. You're not wrong about that, but till we get to that point, we have uh we have lots of fun stuff to to break down when it comes to the numbers in this series. Uh, let's take a look at these numbers in this four game series because it's a little lopsided. Uh, and you know, if 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 all you're considering is the numbers, uh, yeah. <laughs> baseball the, makes no sense. Baseball at all. doesn't make any sense it's at no. all. <laughs> it's so much fun. Oh. Okay, so uh, I don't know what to address here. Whether it's being outscored twenty to seven and. Uh, you know, still splitting the series. I think it's impressive that the Diamondbacks almost equaled the hit output, though, right? You know, yeah. 25 hits to 29 hits. You Errors, get- the Diamondbacks played fairly error-free, you know, baseball, which is a big part of the way that they were able to eke out two of these games. Yeah, man. Just the 20 to 7 and still come away with a split. Yeah. I love that. And, and that and, starting pitching ERA. Yeah, starting pitching atrocious. ERA ain't great. Yeah, but, you know, you really look to the walks of that. That's really the reason. For for that twenty three to one is not great. Uh, it wasn't until the ninth inning today that the D backs saw a three ball count, um, and you know that's not exactly what you're looking for when you're winning baseball games. But it doesn't really matter because they won two out of four, baby. Twenty three walks to one walk. That's crazy. Uh, the the batting average was a little bit better there. It was actually two seventy eight for the D backs for five for eighteen and eight for thirty, but. 8 for 30 versus 5 for 18. I mean, the Dodgers had plenty of opportunities. And to be honest, they weren't very good with runners in scoring yeah, no. positions. They were 0-4 uh, or 0-4 in two of the games. And that's the two losses. So, uh, again, the Diamondbacks were able to find a way to win. And that's what's important for a young team that's still trying to, I guess, develop their identity. Yeah. Right? Like, we know what they're going to be, right? They're yeah. going to be – it's going to be – it's going to be team wins like this. Jesse's going to be busy in the clubhouse quite a bit. Because of the fact that he's going to need to talk to so many guys, yeah. right? Uh, and there's just a lot of guys pitching in. But uh, Zach Davies somehow was by far the best starter for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, not in particularly this close either. Yeah, we're talking about Davies going five innings, giving up four hits. Almost every single, uh, you know, almost every single player here gave up gave up four hits or more. But uh, Zach Davies somehow went the longest at five innings pitch, four hits, one earned run. Two walks, four strikeouts. You have Zach Gallen, four and two thirds, six hits, five earned runs, three walks, seven Ks in his outing. Uh, Merrill Kelly, three and two thirds, four hits. He was very good in not giving up very many runs. He didn't give, didn't give up any at all, but he had his four walks and his four strikeouts. Uh, and then we already talked about Madison Bumgarner. But when you take a look at what the Dodgers starting pitching was able to do, I mean, it was just one stellar outing after the yeah. next. That's the reason why that ERA is is a, a poultry 1.44 in four games for their pitching for their starting pitching staff. Uh, Urias uh, gave up two earned runs. Uh, Dustin May gave up nothing, barely gave up any hits. He gave up three hits and in seven innings pitched. He was their best hit, uh, starting pitcher in this series. Uh, Kershaw in six innings gave up four hits, one earned run, no walks, nine Ks. So a excellent outing. Uh, for Kershaw and Syndergaard today was somehow just yeah, incredible. He was the Mets Syndergaard again, My apparently. God. Yeah, so uh, he gave up four hits, one earned run, no walks, six Ks. So the Diamondbacks were up against some formidable starting pitching. Once they were able to get into that bullpen, though, they made some things happen. Uh, and uh, of course, the drawing the one walk—that's just that's just incredible. It's and of course, it was incredible. Geraldo Perdomo with the one walk, right? Who who. He's up there to walk, and sometimes he'll run into one, right? Yeah. But it's uh, yeah, D-backs got got a lot to work on. Um, you and I talked about this while we were watching the game. Um, to me, it looks like the D-backs are are really trying to adjust to the new rules, right? No shifts. You see a lot of guys going up there, and yeah. they're just swinging out of their shoes, swinging early, trying yeah. to pull the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not gonna get on base when you're trying to do that, right? So, you know, once the season gets going, it's not opening weekend anymore. You're not in L.A. You, you find your footing. I think the offense will be just fine. I think I don't think there are a whole lot of people that are too worried about the D-backs offense. I certainly am not. Sure. Um, I think this is just a product of facing really good pitching, um, adjusting to the new rules and and adjusting to sort of the new se- new season. There's a lot of new faces. There's a lot of, you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of stuff going on. So I will... I I I am very excited to see what this team can do when the offense gets going. Matthew says in the chat, did my wife just say Christian Walker is hot? Not wrong. <laughs> She's not wrong. 
no. whether you're talking uh, metaphorically in, in 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 his bat right now or just general hotness, like yeah, he's that's a hot dude right there. So yeah, you're not. You're, she's not wrong. She's very correct. Uh, also very hot, Miguel Vargas. Uh, again, very mm -hmm. hot. Uh, you know, he's he's a hot dude. Uh, but hot at the plate because he was able to walk eight times in this series. How? Is it all that time he spent with the bat on his shoulder yeah, during spring training? Spring. Because it fucking works. <laughs> the man has an eye at the plate like nobody else. I mean, whatever the Dodgers made him do where he wasn't allowed to swing for so long somehow worked. It worked in spring training and it's working and he now. he carried over and God, oh, like, God. what the heck is happening there? Like, yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't even know, man. Uh, baseball is so dumb, and I yeah, love it. It is. It's the best. It's I the love it. It's the dumbest game out there, and I love it more than anything. Um, Tori Lavallo did talk about um, Zach Davies today and his contributions. This was sent to us over by Jesse, who will be joining us very shortly. Uh, but this is what Tori Lavallo had to say about uh, the job Zach Davies did. Yeah, it was, it was a big ask. It's a day game. Um, we're down 2-1 to one in the series, and, and we're going to fight to even the series. And he comes out and is throwing the ball as good as I've seen him all spring training. Um, and, and it was an aggressive fastball, changing speeds. And, yeah, he wiggled he wiggled out of some jams. And he's just got a good heartbeat. Uh, yeah, I, I had a conversation with him. We, we just felt like in the first outing we were going to clip these guys short. He'd been built up to 80 pitches. He probably could have gone seven more pitches, but at that point it didn't make sense. And he gave us all he had for as long as he had, and that's all. Uh, that's uh, again, yeah. Like I, I agree with him about Zach Davies. I know that they were all going to be on a on a short leash, but uh, there's something to be said maybe about uh, how the Diamondbacks hitters weren't really working the count much and letting the starters last as long as yeah. they did. Because by comparison, it was just you know, Diamondbacks starters being pulled in fourth regularly and the Dodgers starters making it to seven innings. Like, yeah, it was both, just... both Dustin May and Noah Syndergaard entered the, sev the seventh inning with, with 70 pitches. Yeah. Um, you just can't do that. Yeah. You can't allow them. You can't just go hacking early, right? You can't allow the team, the team starters to go that deep that easily, right? And, you know, like like we said, I think that's just a product of a new season. They're pushing. Evan Longoria even said it yesterday in his post-game interview that he feels like they're pushing. Yeah, they're pressing um, a little bit too much. So, sure. you know, wait to see what goes on. Uh, I'm Man, I'm just excited we got the two wins. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. <laughs> and I know who else is pumped. Joining us right now from Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, uh, it's the, mayor, the vice mayor of Chavez Ravine himself, the one and only Jesse Friedman. Jesse, get in here. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, my my computer's struggling a little bit with the, the bright sunshine. Behind You're doing the Alec me, Thomas so, uh, thing to us, buddy. The the lighting. Can you go close your bright. blinds behind you or something? Uh, no? I mean, I can I can. Go yeah, that's, like that's this, a little bit. We believe then... that you're there. I know that you <laughs> didn't go to SoFi, and I know you're not watching WrestleMania. So for the most part, I trust that you're actually there. I'm a little bit. I do have a little suspicion that you might not be at Dodger <laughs> Stadium. But uh, tell us a little bit more about what you saw today and how kind of unlikely it was that the Diamondbacks are leaving Los Angeles with two wins. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get out scored 20 to seven in a four game series. You don't necessarily expect to be talking about a series <laughs> split, right? That's, uh, true. that's exactly what the Arizona Diamondbacks were able to pull off. Uh, who cares about run differential, right? Nobody. Get out of here with those runs. <laughs> These two teams both won two games in the series. And at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's that's really all that matters. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at it on a macro scale, the Diamondbacks got outperformed in, in probably every facet of the game in this series, if we're being honest, right? The Dodgers starting pitching was substantially better. The Dodgers uh, had a better overall performance from their bullpen. Uh, the Dodgers offense was significantly more productive. I guess the defenses were maybe somewhat comparable. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is the type of, of stuff that good teams do, right? Pretty much everyone in the Diamondbacks clubhouse and, and Tori Lovello as well was talking about how uh, the Diamondbacks haven't hit their stride yet, particularly offensively. Uh, no one, as, as I think you heard in, in that clip from Corbin Carroll earlier, um, no, I don't think any Diamondbacks hitter is really feeling all that great at the plate at this point, as you can see in the results on the field. Uh, they have, you know, something like 25 hits or something like that over four games. That's that's not great. Um, but at the end of the day, the Diamondbacks earned a series split. Um, and I saw a tweet from Nick Pecora a few moments ago. This is the first time the Diamondbacks have gone to Los Angeles and not lost a series since 2018. So uh, a series split in this ballpark is a really big thing for the Diamondbacks. Danielle also pulled that stat, by the way, which was pretty impressive. But, uh, Jesse, I will say this, and it's not obviously not measurable, but 
it felt like the Diamondbacks did the little things to kind of, you know, create a run, create a situation where they could get a base runner on whatever way they could. And on the flip side, it didn't really feel like the Dodgers had maybe that sense of urgency at times. Like it really felt like the Dodgers, I don't know if it's a confidence. I don't know if they just thought that like they would have a big inning eventually, but it really felt like Torrey was trying to do everything he could at times to, to, to get a run here, get somebody on, you know, wh whatever the case may be, even if it didn't work out, it really just felt like he was uh, doing whatever he could to, to, to get a win in a close game like this. I think the Diamondbacks are just better at the small ball thing than the Dodgers yeah. are, right? Yeah. The, the Dodgers can kill you with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, you know, doing what, what they're going to do. Will Smith had a, had a big series for them as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's as much about the Dodgers having less of a sense of urgency as the Diamondbacks just being really good at small ball, right? Yeah. Uh, you saw that a few times in this game. Corbin Carroll stole two bases uh, in the middle of this game, wound up uh, turning into a run with a hit from Geraldo Perdomo, who, of course, came through with runners in scoring position, as somehow he always does. Uh, the risk king, Geraldo Perdomo, right, as we always, as we always say. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you saw there in, in the ninth inning with Jake McCarthy literally laying down a drag bunt in the ninth inning uh, with two outs. Not really the kind of thing that you're used to seeing, um, but it worked. And, and the Diamondbacks speed is going to be one of the biggest assets that they have throughout the season. We've talked a lot about that and how fun that can make this baseball team. And the Diamondbacks basically won this game with their speed. If Corbin Carroll doesn't steal those two bases, he probably doesn't score on that hit by Geraldo Perdomo. Right. And if Jake McCarthy isn't as fast as he is, he probably doesn't put the kind of pressure that he did on Gratterall to make that play and, and cause him to bobble it. So the yeah. Diamondbacks scored two runs basically with their speed in this game. And uh, with how good the bullpen was today and how good Zach Davies was, the Diamondbacks were able to get a win. That's the key, I think, is in these close games, the Diamondbacks weren't able to sometimes do this last year. Like, even if they kept games close, even if they got down to the wire, it felt like the bullpen would fall apart. And the bullpen did not fall apart, not at least in the in the crucial wins. The losses, yeah, there were there were some guys that didn't perform. St still not super excited about Cole Solcer's performances and uh, still, still, still a little hesitant on Scott McGuff, but he really showed us something today. I felt like they're coming yeah. in and locking it down in the ninth inning. I just felt like uh, maybe, you know, maybe at times he was thrown into games that were, it was a bit much, you know, it was a bit, bit, bit high pressure and, uh, just, just was all kind of new to him being back in major league baseball in, in one of those situations at Dodger stadium, but the bullpen, very impressive. I felt like in the two wins, at least. Yeah, Torrey Lavello, uh, after the game, praised Miguel Castro in particular. He went through the, the yeah. middle of this lineup late in the Filthy game. Filthy stuff. Filthy yeah, stuff. Yeah, really, really, really good stuff, right? This is this is what we've talked about all offseason. The Diamondbacks have guys now who can throw 98 miles an hour with, with a wipeout slider, and, and Miguel Castro was certainly showing that today. Uh, yeah, this was a really good performance from the Diamondbacks' bullpen, as much as we've talked in the last few days about how no one really looks all that great outside of Dre Jameson. Uh, and what he did on Friday, it was really good all the way around. I don't think the bullpen even gave up a hit um, in their four innings today. So uh, seven strikeouts, just really, really good stuff across the board. Kyle Nelson, I was also impressed with. Uh, he came in and faced uh, three guys, was able to get all of them out in that sixth inning. And two of them were right-handed hitters. It wasn't really the uh, the typical matchup that you'd expect for Kyle Nelson. One of those guys was Trace Thompson as well. Uh, which after Chicago what we White saw yesterday, <laughs> I was after what we saw yesterday, uh, you don't necessarily think that bringing in a lefty to face Trace Thompson is is a is a great idea. But um, yeah, Nelson looked good in that sixth inning. I know he hit a batter to, to start the seventh, but um, yeah, I mean those guys were just able to to kind of feed off each other and clean up each other's messes at times, and it it worked out really well. I think uh, the biggest uh, the biggest key here for me was really again Tori Lavallo's management of the game. I felt like uh, the wins you 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 have to tip your gigantic your big stupid hat <laughs> to uh, to Tori, and you have to give credit where credit's due because some of the moves he made were you know ended up being the right moves, and it ended up leading to these close victories. Uh, and I mean, that's 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 what managing a game is all about. Sometimes it, it still feels like, you know, like we don't know these guys. We don't know who we can rely on. So we don't know when to overreact uh, to Tory bringing out certain guys. We, there's no Mark Melanson yet for us to freak out about. But 
Uh, Scott McGuff uh, get, definitely definitely gets a gets a check mark, a gold star for today. He was really, really good in Japan, and I know he he didn't look great in his first outing the other day. He walked two out of the three hitters he faced. Uh, when he came in this game, I, I did kind of wonder for a second, like, all right, here we go again. Uh, Scott McGuff in a high leverage situation the last time around didn't go so well, putting him in another really big spot uh, in this game. But, you know, it was the bottom of the Dodgers lineup, which which certainly helped. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was quick and easy for Scott McGuff. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if he's the kind of guy who's able to mature into uh, that late inning guy for the Diamondbacks. I don't know if they're if they're ever going to name a closer officially. Um, but in, if we're talking about who's going to get the most saves at the end of the year, I think McGuff is probably in the mix uh, to, to get a lot of those opportunities. It felt today felt right. Today felt right because it felt like he was just managing the game. And obviously the outcome is the reason why it felt right. In hindsight, had they lost and he, you know, Scott McGuff had been the reason we would be screaming at Tory right now, you know, and, and, and asking why he didn't leave Chafin in and all these other things. Right. But uh, I think there is some freedom there, right, to to use whatever pitcher you think is going to provide you with the best results in that in that role, in that scenario. Right. And, yeah, it might be Scott McGuff a, a lot, but there might be nights where maybe someone has been dealing and he would feel more comfortable putting a Miguel Castro in that role after, you know, Miguel has been throwing the ball really well or something like that. Just the, the idea, the, the concept of a, of a designated closer being gone feels like it provides Tory with more freedom to do things that might result in in a better, you know, m- less losses by the bullpen than we saw in 2022. Yeah, yeah, I mean you're not you don't have your hands tied behind your back with with one particular guy. If one guy is struggling in a role, then you feel the the ability to to remove them from that role and not keep forcing them uh, into that spot over and over right. again, like we've seen with you know Mark Melanson last year and Greg Holland, Brad Boxberger, I mean, the, the list Kennedy, of aging closers Ian, goes on. Ian Kennedy last year was like the next option, right? Because obviously yeah. Kennedy had a closer closing experience, but it just didn't feel like he was the right one. But once you know Melanson wasn't available and, and he had to go to Kennedy, it was like clockwork that he would go to Kennedy automatically in those high leverage situations. This just feels different. It feels better, much like. Tory's ability to manage this game differently with the speed that he has on this team. It feels like he can manage it differently with the bullpen that he has now. But uh, Jesse, I did want to ask you about uh, the one play that we saw. I know we have some um, some video here from Tory talking about Cattell being sent there in the ninth inning, which made us all uh, have a little <laughs> bit of a heart attack, lose our minds just a little bit. Uh, and this is what Tory had to say about Tony Perez Chica's decision to send uh, Cattell in that situation. Um, I, you know, it's easy to be hypercritical in that situation where you have a first and third and no outs and you got your, your probably arguably your best run producer coming up. So, um, all's well that ends well. Let's say that. <laughs> I love it. What a response. Where'd Jesse go? Get Jesse back in here. <laughs> he made Jesse hey, go away. Man. All right, I kick Jesse off the show. Yeah, Sorry, he Jesse. Kicked, he kicked you out. Uh, that was a pretty, pretty funny moment, and I mean, pretty honest yeah. story there. It, it was, it was especially funny because um, at the beginning of the press conference, when the topic of of that play came up initially, uh, I think Tori's exact words were, "I loved the send by TP," and but you could tell it was sort of. <laughs> you know, like kind of Tory speak a little bit. Um, and then later on, when we asked that question directly, he was like, eh, all's well that ends well. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Tony Perez speak under the bus or anything. But yeah, that made no sense. Uh, I think we can be honest here and say that made absolutely no sense. You've got a man on, uh, you've got a man on second base, right? Uh, Guriel singles. You'd have, you would have had first and third, nobody out with Christian Walker, your hottest hitter coming to the plate. There's really no reason uh, to test the arm of of any outfielder, and especially Mookie Betts, like the guy who literally has arguably the strongest arm in the National League. Uh, I'm not really sure where where the logic in that was, but I think what this does for me is it really points to uh, how important Christian Walker was in this game. Yeah. Christian Walker yeah. comes out the next play, he singles, and suddenly you're able to forget about that play a little bit. Tori yeah. talked about how 
Um, except as you for the expect. fact that he would have scored. <laughs> except yeah, for that, we fact. definitely that's didn't true. forget about this here in the studio. <laughs> that's that is fair. That is fair. Yeah, I don't think you're alone. I think everyone was like, great. Yeah, we literally would have had a run right there with that base hit. But that was still really big from Christian Walker to come through right away to give his team some hope that you know they still had a shot to score in that inning. And uh, you know, Corbin Carroll wasn't able to get it done, but of course, Jake McCarthy. Uh, lays down the drag bunt, and and honestly, I think if Gratterall makes that play cleanly, he probably gets the out at first base. Uh, but yeah. Jake McCarthy yeah. is really fast, mm-hmm. and and when you have guys who are really fast, it puts pressure on That's the defense, it. and it, it makes them make mistakes. That's it. It's like Corbin, right? I mean, there's other guys that there's other guys in this lineup that could not have done today what Corbin was able to do, right? Yeah, and speed not, again too, right? Taylor, Taylor made double play that he beats out, and he end up scoring the next the next play. Yeah. So. Sure. They're doing this quite a bit to these guys and they're making it out to uh, they're, they're making they're putting them in a position where you have to make kind of a perfect play. And that just doesn't happen in baseball all the time. So it's like, yeah, it's not going to work out all the time. And, yeah, we're going to see these young guys with their speed struggle to get on, even with how fast they can get down the line. But it's going to keep defenses really honest. And the biggest thing is that in a close game like this, that one run meant meant the world to the Diamondbacks in this case yeah. you know in a close two two to one ball game you, you can't expect your your bullpen and your starting pitching to go out and and just put up one on the board every game so this isn't going to work out for them if they if they can't find a way to unlock their offense and get things back on track at the dish but for now they're finding a way like you said the small ball the way to get get on a, a way to manufacture a run to do something to give themselves uh a run, but there was a an interesting series of tweets that came out about some of the. Let's talk about some of the losses. I know we covered the other ones that we did the post game for, but Saturday's loss was especially ugly. Another especially ugly loss, uh, even worse than opening day. But uh, Eno Eno uh, was pointing Eno out Saris. Saris on He's Twitter was absolute legend. Uh, was pointing out on Twitter how the Diamondbacks may have been tipping their pitches a bit in that game, mostly Kevin Ginkle, a little bit of Madison Bumgarner, but uh, Kevin Ginkle was showing some things that uh, Saris was able to pick up while watching it. Uh, he says here, looks like the D-backs were tipping pitches last night against the Dodgers. Some pictures, Kevin Ginkle slider. You can see there's a risk. You see his wrist is curled there and you can see that little gap of green in between that the pit or the hitters can also see on their end when they're looking out towards the outfield. And then you'll see here in the next picture, this is Kevin Ginkle fastball. No wrist curl, no grass you can see in between. So obviously, that's a that's a big tip. That's a big tip of your pitches if you're literally holding your wrist at a different angle, depending on what kind of pitch you were throwing. He also talked about Madison Bumgarner letting runner on second see right into his glove and not doing a good job of hiding that. That gets relayed in here. That, I believe, is once again Chicago White Sox uh, legend Trace Thompson at the dish. Who That's the grand slam that hit the home grand, the grand slam, slam on this play. <laughs> so not great, not great. But again, things that might be able to be worked on and corrected to allow these guys to have more success than they had in in two of these games in this series. I don't know how much you guys have, have talked about Madison Bumgarner already and and the news that they came out today, but. Uh, yeah, he, he wasn't great uh, yesterday, and I, I don't think it was just because he was maybe tipping some of his pitches. The stuff just wasn't wasn't the same yesterday for, for Mad Bum, right? Uh, velocity was down about two miles an hour across the board. So, uh, yeah, he's being sent back to Arizona uh, to be evaluated by the team doctors. Um, we'll see what comes out of that. Uh, it, it certainly sounds like as of right now, the Diamondbacks aren't planning on making any roster moves, and He's still lined up to make his next start, which would come against the Dodgers once again uh, on Friday at Chase Field. Um, but but we'll see. I mean, if something shows up, maybe the Diamondbacks uh, get Bumgarner off the mound for a little while uh, and, and try to figure out what what is going on there. Maybe it's not just that he was struggling yesterday, which he was, but you know, maybe there's actually an underlying health issue that, that had a role in that. Jesse, you're going to get on the road, and you are off to uh, San Diego next, which... If you guys want to join Jesse out there in San Diego, that's a fun road trip to have. And of course, you need to stock up at our friends at Circle K before you head out. Uh, their their Polar Pops stay cold longer. Their iced coffee is just cheaper. Why pay $5 for an iced coffee when you can get one for just $1.89 at Circle K? Not to mention all of my energy drinks that I need to survive are available there. And it's hard to find a better price when you can get Red Bulls 3 for $8 and Monsters 3 for $6. 
Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff and be stocked up all March Madness long. Head to CircleK.com slash store locator. That's CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And make sure you get stocked up before you head out on the road uh, for any road trips uh, this summer for Go and watch baseball. Baseball road trips are the best. I love baseball road trips so much, especially to San Diego. That's a fun place to go. Uh, Also, while you're at Circle K, make sure to grab yourself plenty of Four Peaks beers. Uh, Their spring training tours are a wrap, but maybe they'll still show you where the ghosts help make the beer at over there at the 8th Street Pub. Check out their events calendar at fourpeaks.com slash events for all your beer week entertainment needs. And most importantly, get ready this April 27th for the NFL draft. We are going to be out there. Cardinals, new coach. Cardinals, new GM. Cardinals third pick in the draft. It's a big opportunity for our team and the best place to take in this pivotal moment. And the rest of the NFL draft on April 27th is at the four peaks, eighth street pub must be 21 years or older to enjoy their beer and enjoy responsibly. Um, but you chicken tendies, those are for anybody of any age is, is what I need to say. But Jesse will be in San Diego taking in the two game series with the Padres. We have the probables for that series. Uh, Coming up here, uh, Ryan Weathers gets the start for the Padres against Ryan Nelson. Uh, so the battle of Ryan's, Ryan, Ryan and Ryan. I don't know. Do we that, say those not, the same not, way? Not going to be confusing at all. Is that not all. the same name? <laughs> Do we have to pronounce those two names differently? Uh, but in game two, this is quite the matchup. You Darvish versus Zach Gallon. That's a pretty, pretty marquee matchup there. Uh, Jesse, your thoughts on young Ryan Nelson making his first start of the season, as well as Zach Gallon getting back on the bump after a rough opening day should be fun to watch uh should be a lot of fun to watch tomorrow night in san diego i'm looking forward to that one ryan nelson in his last spring start looked really really good uh that game against cleveland the exhibition game out at chase field hopefully he's able to to carry that into san diego uh the key thing i'll be looking for is is how much is he relying on that four seam fastball is he able to get to the slider the curveball the change up is he getting swings and misses on on pitches outside of the four seamer um, when he has all four of those pitches working like he did in that series against Cleveland, you can kind of see where some people are coming from when they talk about Ryan Nelson being, you know, a, a mid-rotation starter, maybe even a, a top-of-the-rotation starter uh, at some point in the future. So uh, that should be a fun one with, with Ryan Weathers on the mound for the Padres, lefty, another lefty on the mound. Uh, the Diamondbacks lineup, I'm sure, will be adjusted accordingly uh, tomorrow night. And then Tuesday is, is you Darvish's first start of the season, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think because of his, uh, involvement in the WBC, the Padres kind of pushed him back a little bit. So, uh, that'll be his, his first start of the season. Padres were able to battle back after the Rockies came out hot and took the first two games in that four game series. And now much like Jesse tried to warn us on opening day, just temper your expectations. Cause it's early and blah, blah, blah. But Jesse, we got a we got a four way tie for first place in the National League West now, so things aren't looking so bad versus how they were looking uh, after opening day. Yeah, I mean this is this is the the time for overreactions, right? It's the yes. time where you know if yes. you're a Rockies fan, then you're convinced that you know, oh they were fucking world, the- they were popping bottles of champagne <laughs> and shit over there at DNVR. You don't even don't even start. They were so excited. <laughs> Crown yeah, I mean, they were ready to crown this, their asses. You, you might you might want to mark April second as the last day of 2023 that the Colorado Rockies had a 500 or better record because I'm not oh sure it's going to last after uh, after. Wow. I'm just saying once they get to I'm two and three, this and sending it to Patrick. They, I'm not even going to post it online. I'm just posting I'm sending this right to DNVR in the chat. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to to make up that ground once they get under 500. <laughs> so uh, so although the Rockies do have kind of a history of of being pretty good in, in April. It feels like that's happened kind of a lot the last few years. And then, you know, uh, eventually it seems like they they kind of slow their way down. But uh, yeah, the Padres didn't play as well in, in that series as, as I'm sure they were hoping to. Um, but yeah, it should be a should be a fun little two gamer in, in San Diego. Zach Gallen and uh, talk about him that Tuesday game for him is going to be really big. He obviously was not sharp at all uh, in his first start. Uh, here in Los Angeles. So hopefully we see Gallon able to, to bounce back in that one. There's only one thing that matters, Jesse, and that is the fact that the Diamondbacks are back at the top of Mount 500. Damon, Jesse hasn't seen it. Let's throw this guy back up there. Let's go. All right. Oh, I've well. seen it. I, I've seen it last year. A number of <laughs> you times. You saw plenty. Uh, hopefully, say- hopefully we get to use that one lots this year. Uh, talked about getting over 500 for sure. But uh, we thank you so much for joining us and all your hard work in Los Angeles. We're very happy 
that you are safe and that you did not get attacked by anybody, according to Shane's chat GPT story that he wrote about you. Uh, very, very, very factual, very, a lot of details in there. I'm still kind of scared about that, but, uh, we'll see you in San Diego and then we'll see you back here for the opening day here at Chase Field, where we will once again have to take on the Dodgers on an opening day. Just can't, can't get enough of the Dodgers, right? We cannot. Can't get enough of them. We cannot. So (laughs) thank you, sir. And we will see you soon. All right. See you guys. I don't know if it was your opinion about this or your kind of theory, but The idea was floated around, obviously, that the Diamondbacks are playing the Dodgers for their opening day or opening weekend uh, just to pack that building. Right. I mean, I wasn't. No, that wasn't me. I mean, but that's uh, what do you think about that? I don't I don't I don't buy that. You think it's just I don't buy that. I think it's yeah, I think it's just National League West thing. We tend to like. We tend to open with with the National League West anyways. Yeah. yeah, Like, like, so I don't think that's it. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I'm yeah. just, I like to throw out uh, conspiracy yeah. theories out there, but <laughs> I just don't want to see him twice. But anyway. I don't. I don't know anybody yeah. in in that building over at Chase Field that wants to see the Dodgers come to no. town ever. No. That was so, Damon's conspiracy. Yeah, that was Damon. Yeah, yeah. Damon's conspiracy. I knew it was one of you. I knew one of you were conspiracy theorists. But uh, here's the thing: um, there's a way to watch uh, Diamondbacks games, and that's with our friends at Fubo TV. Uh, Fubo TV has 140 live channels of sports shows and movies. You can stream live from any device, uh, and you can watch the most Arizona sports for the lowest price. Watch your Arizona Diamondbacks on Bally Sports with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. So if you can't make it to the game and you need a way to watch it, Fubo TV is your way to go. If you want to go to the game and you need tickets, the way to go is through our friends at Game Time. Of course, we have talked about Game Time being the ultimate app for procrastinators. And, you know, Thursday, you wanted to see how they were going to play in this series. Maybe you're still waiting. Maybe you're still on the fence. Maybe you want to see if they can split the series with the Padres before you commit to going to opening day on Thursday. Understandable. I'll tell you this. First, we will be there, and I will be handing out uh, to some lucky winners some foam fingers and whatnot. So make sure to join us. We'll be broadcasting live from Chase Field, and we'll be having all sorts of fun. Uh, But if you want to get cheap tickets, wait until Thursday. And get your tickets last minute through game time. You can get up to save up to 60% on tickets when you buy tickets last minute. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. But wait, there's more. We are going to give away two tickets to opening day. That is right. We are just giving away two tickets to opening day. You guys have to watch this show to find out how. But we will give those tickets away on Tuesday's post-series episode uh, after the Padres. So... Stay tuned. Join us in the live chat. We are going to be giving those tickets away live in the live chat on the post-series episode. Uh, and that way you guys can join us. Two two of you, I guess I should say, or one of you and maybe a friend, maybe you know, family member, whoever, uh, can join us for opening day. So we're very excited for that. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Danielle is at abracadanielle. Uh, Jesse Friedman is at Jesse N. Friedman. Damon is at Damon Dog with a D-A-W-G there at the end. Of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We love you. We appreciate you guys for being here. We thank you so much for being in the chat. Uh, On behalf of this entire crew and the Arizona Diamondbacks splitting the series, uh, we thank you guys so much. And remember, kids, baseball is so much more fun when you can go into L.A. and not get beat down. (laughs) 